Your style is unorthodox. But effective. It is not the art, but the combat that you enjoy. Man, you come right out of a comic book. You are now, now listening, listening to Black, Black Comics, Comics Chat. Chat. Black, Black, Black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Shannon, CG, Lauren, and Mel form the Nerds of Prey, a group of ladies bonded by comics, gaming, film, television, and fandom culture. Hang out with them bi-weekly as they dig into the very things that make them loud and proud nerds. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Also, check out their Patreon at patreon.com backslash nerds of prey. Hi, this is Anthony Rutgazer. I'm the writer of The First Hero and Heroes of Homeroom C, and you are listening to Black Comics Chat. What's up, party people? This is Marcus Kwame. Um, you're about to listen to our episode with N. Stephen Harris and Robert Garrett about their exciting new Kickstarter for Ajala. You know, um, definitely check it out. This episode was recorded uh, briefly before the campaign launched, but the campaign is in full swing right now. So check the um, link in the description for the episode and make sure to support. All right. Enjoy the show. Peace. What up? My peoples, one, two, one, two. Welcome to Black Comics Chat. Um, we have a very special guest tonight. But before we begin, I'm going to uh, introduce the man, the man, the legend. And, and I forget what name he usually uses. So we're just going to go right into Marcus Kwame. What's up, y'all? What's up? I, You know, actually, um, I tweeted a couple weeks ago that... Um, I tweeted the the Daredevil fight scene, um, you know, the hallway scene from the first season, and I was like, "Yo, this is my my work week." But this week, okay. this, this week, week was the Daredevil prison fight, you know. Oh. But I made it. I made it. It's the end of the episode, you know. I made. It, I jumped in the taxi cab, and I'm here. That was a that was a good fight. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was real. Where do you work? That's all I want to know. Well, it's not just you know. I mean, I like my job, man. It's just it's just like a bunch of moving parts were thrown at me. That, that's all, man. It's just the goalpost keeps changing. That's all. Wow. Oh. It's all. Uh, you know what? This is not but, job chat. It's Black not. It's not. I, but later on, I, I do I do have to tell a very interesting anecdote. But I'll save that for the end. The end of the. Okay. Show. Okay. And I am Negro, aka Tony Snark, a a. K.A. Petty LaBelle, the driver of the Red Lion. Welcome to Black Comics Chat, and we have our special guest, and Stephen Harris. How are hey, you, brother? I'm doing good. Yep. Oh, oh, and real quick, Stephen, before you go, um, I just want to let everybody know, we also have another special guest who is working on getting connected. Um, so we'll also have Robert Garrett in the house. But uh, for now, we're, we're kicking it off for the three of us. So, yeah, what's going right. on, Stephen? Hey, just trying to, trying to make it happen, man. Yeah, you. I mean, you've been you've been busy, man. I mean, we, we were we were you know having some behind the scenes discussion of our life, but um, 
you know, I, I know you've you're 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 doing it though. You're living the dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somewhat. I'm doing that. Uh, yeah, we usually like to start off as I, as you remember because you've you've been with us previously. Um, mm-hmm. We like to get into it with your your origin story a little bit, just to let the the audience know about you. So can you just you know speak about yourself and um, if you have any anecdotes about you know discovering comics as a reader and also as a creator. Okay, so okay, the, um, matter of fact, I think. I was just joining the group today, and they, one of the questions was, you know, what was your first comic book? And it was um, Star Wars. Uh, yeah, Star, the, uh, Marvel, Marvel's publication of Star Wars was my first comic book. Yeah, and so uh, it was shortly after I saw the movie. Uh, so I was collecting Star Wars comics, uh, a little bit about Star Galactic for a little while, and I fell off for a bit. Even collected some um, of this uh, other the, uh, this comic book that was after that came after a toy. Remember the Shogun Warriors toys? Vaguely, yeah. It yeah like like a foot and a half high or so of uh, these giant robots. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and so I had I had the toys, and they they made them uh, they made a comic book based on those on those toys, and I collected that comic book for a while, uh, but then I stopped for a couple of years, and I got into and I saw Spider Man and his Amazing Friends. Oh yeah. Uh, then uh, X Men were guests were guest starring on there, and that was kind of a um, uh, a thing. Another thing, but that, that was kind of a a, a, a linchpin or a, a transition. I was going through a transition as well as with my art because I was it was between um, junior high, uh, between junior high school and high school, mm-hmm. and I was always before junior high school I was always drawing or before high school I was always drawing these one scene drawings of space battles and whatnot based on the cartoon or the animation of uh, Star Blazers. And after, after doing after that for several years, I got, I wanted to draw a, 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 a story, a tell a story, but you know, animation was too much work. And so I figured comics was the next best, the next best thing. And so uh, uh, I wanted to get, uh, I started reading comics just because uh, I was interested in the storytelling or I was interested in the art and I wanted to learn how to draw figures. So that was a way to, for me to learn, learn to draw the figures. So I start, excuse me, I start collecting comics through, um, I, mean, start, I start collecting comics and I learned a little bit about the figure through, through the artwork in there. And but my, my, my first comic when I got back into comics was X, the X-Men. Mm. And then I started, and as I collected more comics, I started being familiar with the artists who were drawing the comics. Like uh, John Brady Jr., John Byrne, Barry Wintersmith, Garcia Garcia Lopez. Later on was Larry Stroman, Cowan. The big dogs. Yeah, um, Mike Mignola, Mike Golden, um, and others. Um, Paul Smith was a was a was an influence on me as well. Uh, a lot of people I, I looked at at the at the time. Kevin Nowlin. Uh, so I was learning Arthur big, of course Arthur Adams, uh, Rick Leonardi. These guys were I was looking at at the time, or some of my favorites coming up at the time, and then uh, um, uh, I went. I went. To, well, my high school had, had a lot of art classes, but I didn't get to, I didn't get to take them until um, until my senior year, and I filled my I filled my schedule up with art classes. My only two requirements were English and gym, 
and everything else is art classes. Uh, drawing one, draw, drawing two, painting one and painting two, um, lettering, uh, airbrush, uh, photography. Uh, yeah, I took all those classes, and it, my and at that time, my my high school bragged about being the um, having the most art classes for a public school on the East Coast. And I like, who knew, who knew this? And I'm like, I'm like, find, I'm like finding this out in my senior year. I mean, I, I knew all, I knew, I knew about them having all the classes, but I know they had to, I know they could brag about having the most classes for a public school. So, uh, and uh, I was uh, among the top artists uh, with three other guys, and all of our names were Steve. Uh, one was a one was a fine artist and one was a graffiti artist and I was the one I was I, I was representing comics the comic um, the comic front. So uh, after that I went to school school um, school visual arts and um, uh, then from there I met uh, my my junior year I met uh, my third my third year I met Michael Davis and Dennis Cowan and uh, Michael Davis was doing was teaching a class at the Children's Art Carnival in Harlem. Now, so I was too, I was t- taking his class as well as taking my college classes, and learning about learning about more about comics in the, in the class he was doing as far as uh, doing comics every week and getting a critique from him and the, and the students. So uh, then later on, I became Dennis Dennis Cowan's Dennis Cowan's um, uh, background or assistant background artist and assistant, and that launched me into my career in comics. Okay. Wow, so you came in under so uh what what um what era was this? This was from this was um wow, this <laughs> uh the class was in 89. Okay. And uh I I I got my first my first professional job in 91. Okay, so that's like pre milestone. So you were working with yeah. Dennis Cowan, but was a little bit before. Oh yeah, milestone. I was there, I was in the, I was in the studio when they were doing the meetings for Milestone. Oh wow. Him uh Michael Dwayne McDuffie, Derek Dingle, and um, and Jim Allison, aka Christopher Priest. So you got you got to see that before it, before the public necessarily knew that Milestone oh. was coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, man, what was that like? <laughs> it was it was interesting. Uh, it, it was it was. Uh, I mean, you might have had a more business uh, obviously experience than than the rest of us. Well, I was I was young. I was in my early twenties at the time. So, um, and that was the time. That was the same time. Brother Man was coming out, and there was a lot of small right, right. independent publishing companies coming out. Uh, I remember when they when they would announce they were going to DC. I was I was of the mind that I wish they would they would do it on their own instead of being with DC. But that ended, that ended up working out for them pretty well, and I mean it got them a wider a wider audience, and uh, um. So you know, uh, in one end, you know, there's, there's different ways to um, to approach this this game, and there's no one there's no one way to do it. Right. So, uh, uh, so yeah, that that worked out, and it worked out because a lot more people know about them in, in their history, and uh, that helped in the long run. But still, I mean, it's still it's 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 um, still not, of course, not discounting the independent route either, because especially nowadays. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and you mentioned Brother Man, you know, doing it indie at that time, and um, that that their their story is fascinating, man, because they hustled like they yeah. really. He was a model for many of us that that um that are trying that aspired to do our own comic on an individual basis, right? Uh, so um, uh, 
so yeah, so it was, um, uh, I mean, I didn't actually start actually implementing or seeing myself. I mean, I always wanted to do my own comic, but I only see myself doing it. I, I mean, as a, as a, as a real, uh, possibility till, till the, till the, um, until the, um, the internet age or the, uh, and uh, just at the beginning or budding into the on-demand age and Rob's still having problems getting in. <laughs> oh, he's still having tr- problems getting connected? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Man, it's technology. Uh, we'll, all right, we'll work it, we'll work it out while we, while we chat. All right, cool. So, all right. So that's some, um, I mean, that's, that's quite the introduction. Uh, so tell us about your early, um, what were you doing? Were, were you creating, you mentioned in, in high school that there was the three Stevens and you were the comic book Steven. Yeah. Like, do you have any like, like early, early comics um, that you were doing? Like when you were, when you were a kid? Oh yeah. Yeah. I started. I, I, okay. This is interesting. Well, at least I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I did my own comic. I, 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 I did the, the page horizontally and I was, uh, just cause I wanted to do it horizontally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was based off of the video game consoles at the time. Okay. Uh, so the video game consoles were like spaceships or space cruisers. So the video game consoles that I had were uh, in television and the Atari 5200. Oh yeah. I remember. And, um, at that time, ColecoVision that just came out. There were other game systems like Odyssey, uh, and the game and uh, game cartridge makers like Parker Vision or Parker Brothers and mm-hmm. uh, Parker Brothers and Magic. Parker, I think uh, Parker Vision was was yeah Parker Vision, um, Magic, and some other game game um, cartridge makers. So I had uh, so the good guys, of course, were the Atari fifty two hundred and Intellivision, and they were fighting against Odyssey and ColecoVision. Mm-hmm. And the um, the game cartridge makers makers were like the, uh, various allies of each each uh, each group, and so that's where I you know. And since I was like I said like I said earlier, that's why I was uh, wanted to learn to draw the figure because if I'm going to draw comics, I can't just I just can't just draw spaceships and not have people in there, right? And so uh, I figured I should I better learn how to draw the figure, uh, so. That began my journey into draw, and learning how learning how to draw the figure, and uh, as well as honing my abilities as drawing space of drawing spaceships and airplanes and or space uh, fighter planes and whatnot. So that was uh, that was what, what I was doing, I, and I did that from my freshman year up until my f- second year in college. And the first four pages, I lost too. <laughs> and I was like devastated. Oh man! I was on the I was on a bus. I was uh, messing with some friends, messing with this girl. This lost track of what I was doing. <laughs> Left my portfolio on the bus with my uh, with the pages and some art utensils in it. Oh man! Yeah, and, and the art supplies. Arts, yes, yeah. yeah. And so there was like rulers and templates and ellipses in there, and. Uh, when I got off the bus, I was like a, maybe about several feet away from the bus, and then I remembered the bus was long gone by then. I was like a half a block away from the bus. Oh wow! Yeah, and the bus was the bus was gone. I was like, oh no. Wow. So, what you? I mean, did you basically go back to the drawing board and and draw those same pages, or did what you? Start did, no. What I did was uh, I was since I was making up, I was like went along. I really couldn't hmm. 
remember everything. Even though it was four pages, I well, I, I, I kept optimistic. I stayed optimistic and, and hoped I would get those pages back again. And just uh, 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 continue where I left off on those four pages. So yeah, so it was uh, it was in, it was it was it was it was uh, I got it, it, it like I said it took it I didn't, I started drawing again for maybe almost a month. Oh yeah. oh, you mean after you lost it? Yeah, after yeah after, after I lost those pages, and then I. I said, well, I hope I get. Those, I was hoping I'll get those pages back and just continue where I left. Just continue where I left off. But you never got them, though. Nah, never got them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's what's cool about your story is like, because you know, I, I I teach art, and um, a lot of times, you know, you bump into. But basically, when when my students say like, I can't draw this, or I or I don't like how this this looks, and they just say as a general statement, I always tell them like, well, you can't just say it's bad or I don't like it. You have to say what it is that you don't like so we can figure out how to fix it. And right. um, I think it's cool that like early on, you just had that drive like, well, I need to be able to draw the figure. So I'm just going to go work harder and figure it out. Because a lot of times people kind of throw their hands up, but you kind of had the, had the drive to keep going. Yeah. Cause that was the same. Cause I was doing the same. Cause I was okay. The, the, the main, the main drawing I was always doing was those, was um that cart, that animation star blazers. Right. Hmm. And so, as the evolution was of my drawings were, were going, I would watch the cartoon and try to remember what the ship looked like. And so, I would draw and be on that drawing for a few weeks. And then, when I drew my began the next drawing, I would look at the ship again and try to remember what I and try to remember or try to look at what I missed the first time and put it back and put it in the next drawing. And so, you see a growth process from from those drawings from the beginning to end. And those drawings range from I think from my from fourth grade to about. All those drawings collectively were ranged from fourth grade to sixth grade or seventh grade. And so uh I would uh yeah, learn from each each drawing, even each each time I look look at the episode. And that was that was before we had a VCR. So I couldn't freeze frame anything and it was before the internet, so I couldn't go on Google and look up the uh the, the images. So I just go by memory. Yeah, man. Kids kids today, man, they don't know. Like finding reference back then was was crazy. Yeah, and I didn't know about you know I couldn't I wasn't uh, since it was a, mostly a Japanese animation uh, since it was a Japanese anime cartoon mm. uh, I, the stuff the toys weren't readily available here unless, unless I found a specialty shop and I didn't find specialty shops until high school and it, still they didn't have those uh, those uh, that toy there at the time that was I was beyond drawing that at the time when I was in high school. So let let so let's let's fast forward a little bit to um you know now you know all those lessons have paid off and you're you're creating you know I mean we're we're going to be speaking about Ajala and hopefully when we, we'll get we'll get Robert on before we jump all the way into Ajala but um yeah tell us a little bit about your uh, um your professional career like after that period we have spoken about like um you know with with Dennis Cowan yeah that was okay that with Dennis Cowan uh he. He uh, assignment for this company called Personality Comics. They're based in Long Island, and they were uh, they specialize in doing stories on celebrities, from sports figures to to uh, to actors. Hmm. And the first job I did was uh, for, first I did a sample piece. I did a sample piece that was uh, again was KRS One um, in a gunfight with police. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, wow. I, don't, I don't know where that is now, but yeah, that was, my, that was my probably my first sample. No, it was yeah, 
my second sample that I did, because I did the, the first sample I did was when I was with Michael Davis. That was like a 30, 32 page story um, in color that we that we were supposed to go to editors with, which and which we did when that was go, that was with, at our going to our first uh, comic convention, the Fred Greenberg Fred Greenberger shows in New York. Um, but at Dennis's uh, studio, when I was his assistant. I uh, did a sample. They liked it. I did a, a 22 page, 20, 22 page story uh, about Ricky Henderson's life, life story, the ball player, Ricky Henderson. Right. And had to do it in like three and a half weeks, pencil and inks. And uh, that was, a, you know, too much. So I did it, but it, it didn't look great. And but at least I was accountable. I didn't flake. I did turn, I, I finished the job. Mm-hmm. And uh, then at the time, Dennis was on vacation away for a couple weeks when he got back he was very upset with me about how it went down but um they let it they let it they, they later gave me some more work uh a couple months later but it was like it was an eight-page story just doing pencils about uh jimmy page the um the uh guitarist right led zeppelin and uh i end up in, the, in those eight pages i end up learning a lot about led zeppelin uh, but um, that was that was my first job. And I, and I think I, my next job was uh, a job for DC Comics doing uh, DC Showcase '93, and uh, so that was uh, my next my, my next job. And now that, that was published a year after I did it. It was a ten page featuring the fire, featuring Fire and Ice, and uh, uh, and then that that was uh, Dark Horse. I was the first artist on a character called X. Don't mean to interrupt. I think we have achieved Robert. Yes. Robert, are you there? Yes. Welcome. Yeah, at the Magical Mystery Tour, yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it, believe Welcome. me, you're not the first one to get hung up, hung up with uh, Google Hangouts. It's, it's, it's a mystery to all of us. Oh, goodness, yes. At least I had help. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Welcome. We're just, um. Yeah. Stephen was just uh. You know, running down his his origin story. Um. Was, you know, we we like to. Time for you, Bob. <laughs> stalling. Thank you. You did a good dance for me. <laughs> yeah. So um. So yeah. I guess uh, you know since Rob's here, uh, Robert, can you? We usually uh you know start out with each guest talking about their their origins with comics both as you know their first memories of of reading comics or and then also the origins of you actually getting into the comic business so can you oh, tell okay. us a little bit about, about that well um if, when i started out it was basically in the fifth grade somebody gave me a copy of the avengers the origins of the vision and I was already reading like Lord of the Rings and different books like that. But once I started reading comic books, it just changed my perspective on how I wanted to be creating because I always carried around my little notebooks and pads creating different concepts and everything. So once I saw the Avengers, I started really getting into, you know, creating these characters and the visuals and Basically, everything I did was all African-American characters mm-hmm. <laughs> and putting them into my own context. So from there, it was just 
building and trying to discover ways to become a writer and get into the industry in itself and finding out that it's not, wasn't that easy for a writer, an African-American writer, to get into this genre. So from that point on, I just decided I was going to find a way to become my own writer creator and building up and working on different concepts and going to shows all over New York and before the Javits Center with all the different conventions and either, you know, going and discussing things with like people like Alan Moore, Rob Liefeld, and um, one of my idols who really helped me was um, Louise Simonson and showing me the ropes and how to get into the business. And she was my first encouragement of, yeah, you can write. So keep doing what you're doing. So that opened up the door and really had me going forward. But as I said, being an African-American writer, that kind of stalled everything. <laughs> and yeah. I decided I was going to create no matter what. So that made me form Exmoor Studios and come out with my first book, which was called Galto. Okay, cool, cool. Um, So now the two of you, obviously, you have... Um united to to create a java um let, let's get into that a little bit um i think you have uh we, we have spoken about a java previously on the podcast but for anyone who, who isn't familiar with the series you know how, how would you describe it to them this is for both of you you know anyone can well rob has a more uh comprehensive description and i have i have like a boilerplate okay cool i think so rob should go and just just, just uh and uh talk about it Rob? Rob, you there? Uh-oh. A 13-year-old girl in Harlem. Okay. Who finds that her parents are part of a group that educates the police the community since the 1920s. So the group is called the CSC, and they are a cultural community group that's expanded across the United States. And um, Rob, I'm. I don't mean to interrupt. Um, yeah. can you can you start over? You, I think you were muted when you started telling us about it. Oh, okay. Galto deals about... Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. Yeah. Galto deals with a 13-year-old girl in Harlem who discovers that her parents and ancestors were part of a group that educated police the community in Harlem, which is uh, called the CSC. And the CSC has cultural centers all across the U.S. And they are definitely a group that have um, formed to be you know, the equivalent to any organization that's looking to further our own development as far as uh, African-American. And her great-grandfather was one of the founding members, so Jala comes a junior member in training and an agent who's protecting her own environment. You know, we're about to get into a new chapter, you know, of Jala's story, um, which you guys will be, be crowdfunding very soon, right? Yes. We're waiting on the review process for Kickstarter, but as soon as that's done, we'll be off and running for that, uh, with, that, with that Kickstarter. Okay, cool. So without spoiling anything, you know, can you, can, can you kind of whet the people's appetites a little bit for, for like, what's, what's uh, changed this time or, like, what the stakes are? Well, the without stakes giving too much a little away. bit more serious in the sense of the, the first, the Next two books that's going to be the development for the Kickstarter is called A Change of Perspective. And we deal more with the 
a little bit more mature matters that's involving our community and the things that are going on in the current state of affairs of society. Yeah, we, and we deal with that. Go ahead, Steve. Okay, even though it's, it may be a, a little bit more real, a little bit more gritty, we, we don't want to alienate the younger readers. Mm -hmm. And so, um, if they, it, it'd be, it'd be even more optimal if they will read it with their parents, or, or, uh, ask their, if they have questions, the parents can ask them so they, if they can better grapple with the or deal with the issues we may be dealing with. Um, it's not, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be anything hardcore or dark, but it could, it could get, get a little real from time to time in the story. And so, um, uh, we, is, we would encourage, uh, parents to, you know, be there if they get decided to get this, if they decide to get this for the young person to be there for them, uh, or read it with them to answer any questions they may have about, uh, what's going on in the story. Cause we want to deal with issues that are going current today, uh, be they, uh, uh, good, bad, and indifferent, negative, negative, and positive. Yeah. Well, I, I remember previously, um, you know, when, when we spoke about it, and, and also just from having read read the series, you, um, I think you did a, a good job of making it something that's accessible to you know teens and and young people, but also you know kind of deal with um with things going on. I'm curious because obviously the just just so much has changed on any given week since 2016 um you know is and and so like our just current um you know climate of a of a country is 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 pretty crazy you know uh, even though there's there's issues that i think we as black people just always deal with no matter what but ha have um i guess ha has the craziness of our current events is that is that something that's also going to find its way into the story in one way or another Oh, definitely. Where there's so much, and I'm like really getting sucked into the whole atmosphere that's going on right now, and seeing like how we're going to survive in this crazy age that we're living in, mm. and trying to you know interpret it in a way that's not going to be you know so negative to the you know younger readers. But you're trying to say that you're going to push forwards no matter what the situation is, and as far as you know the living environment, the way that, you know, certain areas are being, like, we're basically being moved in out of communities, right. jobs and police brutality, and, you know, just trying to reach that point where we could say you got to be conscious of what's going on, but don't take it in a dark, negative tone, because if you do that, you're defeated before you even start. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, um, so talk to us a little bit about, about collaboration, you know, about, um, the, the creative process of, of Ajala, you know, and how, how you two work together to create it. It all starts in a, in a, in a Starbucks in downtown Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not starts, but I mean, uh, we both, I mean, Rob, of course, Rob pretty much writes the story. And I'll add some input as to you know what what ideas we can tackle or uh, what topics we can tackle, uh, and then um, then I you know I get we and we talk about the story, throw some ideas back and forth, and uh, he puts it onto a cohesive story, and I draw it, and then um, we uh, have a colored by a, a good brother out in um, uh, South Africa who's from who's from Zimbabwe. That uh, so Walt, uh, 
Walt Barner. Walt Mazanza Mazanza Barner. Yes. Barner. Okay. And uh, he does he did that that um that awesome image of Ajala uh with her uh with her facing the facing the, the viewer with her with her turning her mask off or on with the with the pixelating. Oh yeah, okay. I know what you're talking about. The few the few pages in issue uh, book four of Ajala. So um it's great working with him on his last on his these these uh, last three issues and his current issue of Ajala. Um but I mean the, the, um Pretty much that's my take on the process. Uh, what about you, Rob? Well, with the, the process in the sense of we know where we're going with it as far as when I was approached by Steve and we just came up with a bare bones um, idea and expanding on it. And some of the most important things I believe about the Jala are the instances of artistic creativity that Steve puts in there. Like I'll give him something and, you know, so it seemed that I think it's really going to stand out and then have Steve just take it and do these phenomenal envisions of the, you know, these sequences. Like there's a scene in a place where I say, OK, I want to do a pizza parlor, but I want all the kids from school to mm-hmm. jump into the scene. And then seeing as Steve develops it and how we can push that forwards and then make the pizza parlor into like a, a haven for the children where we can see how they, the effects of the community and the way the community is changing around them. And we could take that and build those characters and use that as major backdrops for like the CSC and how they develop their, you know, the older adults when they're coming from that, where you want to keep the perspective of, you know, the characterization of the community and build on it from there. And seeing that, and then bouncing the idea off of Steve and seeing where we could move these characters, like there's going to be some really interesting characters that we sat down and we definitely just threw out this idea in that one where you want to enlarge the cast of the concept. Where before we were just dealing with the Jala and her parents, now we're going to be dealing more with the, you know, important, integral um, personalities that's going to be in the community. So it's always a back and forth you know, creative process where I know he's going to have the visuals set up and expanded on. And then that just helps me, you know, do more in the sense of, you know, interesting characters that maybe different individuals will latch on to and develop from there. Awesome. So, excuse me. So my question is, where do you, where do you get your inspiration from? You know, I can tell that um, you spent, a lot of time writing, um, but where where are you sort of grabbing all this infra- inspiration wow. that allows you to put all this stuff on the paper? I'm a big researcher. I love world building. I used to do that when I was in school. We used to just, you know, stay out of trouble. We would, like, get out of school, <laughs> make a cake, and go in the basement and create for hours and hours and hours. So it was the point of looking at films and being really encouraged by um, cinematic interpretations like Akira Kurosawa and all the different classics like the uh, Seven Samurai and, you know, John Woo films and just still, and I always thought of that if you're not going to have the world building, you really can't get original creative content. So it was always about building and then looking at what's going on around you. The best way to be creative, I think, is to stand around, watch, and listen. 
and seeing how our world is going and changing. I just thought it would be cool to have a society based on African-Americans who just had to take, you know, the controls and save their own communities because even now we can see there's a lot going on where there's not a lot of control and we get divided too much whether we got to stand together and face what's going on. So I wanted to put a group that basically is standing against the tide of challenge that we're seeing going on right now in the world today. So it kind of, and I feel like, since I'm also a writer, I feel like you probably have like notebooks of like notes and stories. <laughs> yes. Is that something that, yes. that's true for you? Yes. Steve knows I'm always putting something together. and Yeah, it's quick Steve too. I was like, I was like, what do you do <laughs> Ask a question. He said, yeah, I got some. And like, <laughs> so we had this character. I said, oh, he, he has a character idea for this, uh, this woman. Um, uh, uh, in 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 the organization in the CSC, he had the backstory for already. I'm like, oh wow, okay. <laughs> he has he has books and notes somewhere. <laughs> I keep it in my head. I don't know people like Steve coming in and trying to steal ideas. <laughs> now, do you keep that all on paper, or do you have like a? Because I keep all my notes on Google Drive because I, I feel like I could lose stuff. So is that something that you do, or you just are mainly like a paper person? I Before I used to be, I used to have tons and tons and tons of notebooks, and I would just drive people crazy, like throw a book in their face and go like, hey, read this stuff. But now it's just like I just keep them in my head. I can basically break it down, and I'll write it one, two, three, because now I, I get to a point where I can see the character even before I'm writing it, and it's like the interaction and the talking, so I'm able to just sit there and write out whatever after I've wrote it. If I can't see it, I can't write it. That's the way I am. That's interesting. So you so you visualize a lot of it ahead of time before you even start plotting it. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Cool. And that's one of the things that, that when I went to school, I was self-taught, but I also wind up going to film school at the through School of Social Research, and I did a, also a seminar with Spike Lee and just looking and seeing how people developed and wrote their own characters. Each person, of course, has their own way of doing it, but mine was always just standing back and listening and watching. So that's the way I always like to base my characters. I wouldn't develop them on the people that I know. It's just the point of listening and seeing everything around me and come out with a character. Mm. So did um, you feel like that experience with learning about film, I mean, what, did you feel like it was a natural transition to uh, the shift to comics? Um, because I always think that comics are a cinematic medium. And if you cannot convey, you know, what you're seeing in front of people and seeing your characters and knowing that they can do it, and I think films are always something that's going to open your mind and maybe you'll see something different from the perspective of the character than what they have on the screen but you have that opening and you have that gap where i think that's where people get connected to their characters because it isn't always what the writer wanted it's what they're seeing they're seeing on page so you could take it in so many different directions um, so my, my question is, um, how detailed are the scripts? Like, 
or do you give um, Stephen all the the stuff that he needs, or does he fill in the gaps with the with the amazing art? Uh, and I'm always interested in how sort of the writer and the artist sort of interact with each other. Well, it's a marriage of I let Steve go with the majority of the sequences, but I do get detailed in like some of the nuances of movement and gestures. But Steve basically does, you know, these great, you know, descriptions and specific, you know, details on the uh, pages that you gotta let him just run with it. You gotta give him his, his you know, leeway. But with other artists, I, I would tend more to be more descriptive. And I mean, even down to the raindrop. I'll describe it. Can you give us an example of how you would you would uh, describe the raindrop? <laughs> All depends. Like it could be a little bit frosty where you know the cold rain and then you might have a you know a little bit warm, smooth rain that hits you in the face and makes you feel nice and relaxed. Don't get me started though. <laughs> Listen, when you when when um if 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 you gone through the rigor modes of uh your other young artists and upperclassmen or teachers or older professionals critiquing your work. You get you. I mean, you 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 get a knack for trying to think of everything, right? Whether it's light source, where they are, the, the seasons, uh, the weather, how the wind blows, you know, the type of shoes someone's wearing. Yep. You know, it's like because I remember going through schoolish large and and good critiques from upperclassmen and going through the going through the ringer with some of those guys. I called two of them the hard master and the soft master. Hmm. Based on the uh, the two cat the two characters from GI the GI Joe story of uh, Snake Ma- Snake Eyes as uh, um, mentors. Oh, and, yeah, uh, okay. Mm. Uh, these guys I called I one uh, one was Rush Rashid I called him the hard master because he would look at my work and look at it study it and, and just tear me a new one. And there was Edgar who was a soft master who would still tear me a new one but like, look at it like yeah this is great wow look at this and then start going and picking it apart. That's but good, though, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and you had to, and you had to put your ego in your pocket. Well, I had to put my ego in the pocket because you know, up to that point, anytime I got a critique from somebody, I said, "Oh, they're not an artist, so they don't really, they don't really understand." <clears throat> but mm-hmm. then you get, you know, I would get people like teachers and other young artists who were the best in their school or top in their school give me critiques. I had to listen. I said, oh, "Okay, I gotta listen to this." Yeah. Cause they, yeah, they they know what they're talking about, and they're they're good. They're really good. Uh, Edgar was sitting, it would sit in the lounge area, and just draw all of us and make fun of us while he's drawing us, hmm. and he would draw caricatures of us and have cartoon caricatures of us looking look, looking like us in our character, our our individual characteristics, whether we a certain. Uh, uh, whatever made us us, he he, he captured that and, and 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 did it to make fun of us. While we maybe we acted up in this, or we did, we did or we did something he didn't like we were doing. So he was very he, he was and is still very talented. Well, you know, it's funny. I mean, you one theme I think that's carried a lot as you've spoken about your um you know your artistic journey mm-hmm. is uh, is fundamentals, and um I think it really shows in your art. Last time we spoke, um, I think it was when we might have been, well, no, I think it was when we spoke about Ajala. We also spoke about Solar Man. But, um, you know, Robert had mentioned that cafeteria scene. And I think that's a good example of your 
your use of of perspective but also the way that you create environments you know mm-hmm. like you know and it's not just the you know just a kind of rudimentary like here's the here's the figures and here's what they're doing like you really kind of create a, an entire scene and environment in which you know conversely with a book like ajala um that is so community focused I yeah, think I want to put a personality. I want, put, I want that scene to have a personality because you know all, not all pizzerias look the same. Right. right. So I'll, I'll reference pizzerias. I mean, the, the, a lot of them have the pictures on the walls. They're very community oriented, or uh, have a community personality to them because they've been in the community for a while. And then you know, you've been around times where you know the, the kids are running around after school or when going in there in the restaurants or the the pizzerias and just being. Being teenagers, mm-hmm. being social, having their stories, being animated, and uh, that's the beauty of um, what we're trying to capture in the, in the book, the uh, community, and in the um, in the dynamic uh, comic book way that inc- involves culture uh, and the and the and some of the current day realities of um, uh, 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 of our lives here. And that's what I wanted to do with, with I wanted to incorporate, you know, when I, when I was doing regular work for DC Comics and it, when I was doing Aztec or in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, I always wanted to, to do something black. And I just didn't see how I could do it. First, I didn't know how to write. And uh, um, I didn't see how, where, I, where I need the time to do it because I, if I was working for Marvel DC, where would I get the time to do my own books? Right. And so... Uh, um, and I fought, I fell on the storyboards and then I met someone named Gray who helped me with kind of form a story. And um, I was able to do my, do my own story with, with, with another book and uh, incorporate us into it. I, I, I wanted to show us in our, in our nuances and our different looks, our different hairstyles and our different personalities and have us doing cool stuff. I wanted to incorporate, it, incorporate um, my influences of, of animation and comic books and, and and black history, <laughs> and uh, do some kind of fun thing. And you know, Jal is one of the fun things we, that, that that collaborate with Rob with. And I'm I'm, uh, I'm lucky to have him as a, a, a great writer. He is, and the dialogue he produces, and we're all on the same mindset, same wavelength as far as what we want to do with um, have uh, black people doing cool things in, in comic books. So let, let, let's kind of dig into that a little bit because, um, you know, obviously, uh, Rob, you were, you were speaking about how that's, um, you know, was a driving force of creating Exmoor Studios was, you know, the, the challenges of, of being a black creator and also telling your own stories. So, um, yeah, like, like speak a little bit about that, about, about Exmoor and about, um, you know, your, your drive to make sure that these stories can be told. Wow, the drive, that's one of my favorite lines is comic book publishing is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> you really got to embrace it of the ups and the downs. There's been so many things like the culture of comics that dealing with of going to the shows and seeing it and getting back the negativity of, you know, nobody wants to read this. When I first hmm. came out, you know, we didn't oh, have yeah. all this. Oh, yeah you know, the internet and all the other, you know, 
things that you're able to access at this point. So it was like traveling. There were times when I used to go with friends at the beginning of Exmoor and we traveled to Chicago and stay in little ratty hotels and, you know, with the burn marks in the, in the bed sheets and everything else going on. But it was just going around and seeing so many African-American creators that kept me going and seeing that and seeing that I got to meet people like Gray, Machindo, uh, meeting up with Regine Sawyer from Lock It Down Productions. You know, there were so many people that encouraged it. And dealing with this, it keeps you pushing and building, and you want to see it. And now it's getting to a point where no matter what, there's so many Black creators out there now doing it that it's become like a club and a society of, you know, creators where you can go back and forth now and get that encouragement and keep going because you get better when you get challenged and being challenged by other creators with great material helps us out. Yeah, we get some now okay, with yeah. Exmoor, I have so many, you know, titles and I'm working on projects for other people, which, you know, like Warrior Island, I'm working with an MMA fighting team and I got to be and now friends with Ron Van Cleef, the legendary martial artist. He was in the films. He got his name from Bruce Lee, yeah. the Black Dragon. And dealing with that, now I'm writing a book with him as one of the characters in there. So there's just so many things that we got to take and, you know, hold on to that will keep us further in this industry. Because if you're just doing it just to make money and be successful, you got a hard road. It isn't that easy. We all, we all should know that as far as the business aspect goes. And if you don't have the love for it, you know, I don't think it's going to be, a, you know, experience you're going to get. You yeah, have also, to be able to embrace it. Yeah, also, you know, we get, we get the support from from the comic book shows, the comic, the black, going to comic conventions, shows like yours, your podcast, and uh, black radio or black... Um, um, uh, media that uh, that support us in, in getting the word out for what we're doing. So it's, it's like a very, it's very and, and also the, of course the fans who, who who demand this stuff that we're doing when 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 they see themselves in the books, when they see their stories, when they see the nuances. Uh, so this is this makes for a, a great synergy and teamwork, team effort to bring us all together to to do this. Yeah. Well, you know, I, two two things. I mean. First, uh, I always give, you know, a lot of props to, to you guys that were doing it like pre-internet, like you said, because it's like now we have this this kind of support system that we've built up, you know what I mean? Where, But it was like, you know, it, there was a little bit more isolation back then. And you guys were navigating all the same challenges, you know, w w without having the exact same support structure or, or these all the avenues to get your work out. So... Mm -hmm. You know, I think I think that's like really important that you guys persevered, you know, during that era. Um, and the other thing, just listening to you speaking about that, um, you know, Ron Van Cleef project. It, yeah, man, we, we don't I don't think we have enough black martial arts comics. You know, I'm, there's definitely been some. I'm not saying there aren't aren't any, but I don't think you can have too much either. So, right. Because it, it does have the arena and there are books out there, but never really spotlighting us. Like, you got that great show, the Urban Action Showcase, that happens once a year. 
and you have all of these martial art legends and they're just walking around and there's stories to be told and there's personalities to be portrayed. But I don't think nobody's really tapping that resource. And right. it's a shame. It's just like, you know, we're barely, you know, we're basically getting into the medium as far as, you know, films and, you know, animation, but there's such a, you know, mime of talent out there that people really do need to start digging up and seeing. But we got to open those doors, you know, and definitely support each other. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so like, so the, the campaign is starting soon. I know there's the whole process of, um, you know, getting it approved through Kickstarter. We, you know, I, we didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot more. So the previous issues, um, did you fund those through Kickstarter? or, or is... No, we funded through our pockets. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's why it's been such a short run. And right now we're really trying to galvanize it and get more issues out. And hopefully this year we're really going to be putting down a you know decent amount of vajala material because we do have a lot of people that want to know more about the character. We've gotten so many um, individuals coming to us at the conventions and shows. Like one young lady came over. She's a high school student. She brought over five of her girlfriends and made them all buy issues of Ajala because she was like, she was tired of them coming over there and going through her books. <laughs> you love to see things like that, but that's the kind of response we've been getting. Yeah, that's a great story. And you know, now I think about it, yeah, like, it. I mean, it's, it's a powerful story, but I, I appreciate it. But I can only imagine, like, being, you know, a, a young black high school girl, you know, in a situation where you really don't see yourself enough. And, and to really and to read a story about a character like Ajala has got to I, I can see why they're fighting over the issues. Yeah, and it's wonderful seeing these young cosplayers, you know, just being happy and running through the place. I mean, I've seen a, a, a couple shows have videos where they went to the, the Comic-Con or other kinds and videotaped the different... Uh, young cosplay, cosplayers of color just doing their thing and being so happy and enthusiastic. And it's like, I think um, the For All Nerds show had a video up of uh, some cosplayers just, yeah. you know, demonstrating their work and with some music behind it in slow motion. It looked, it looked great. And just seeing, you know, young black folks being happy and doing it and just nerding out being happy. And it's, it's, uh, and I'm, we're, I think I'm very happy to, 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 to be a part of that. And and have people maybe one day. Well, we have we have one person cosplayed Ajala, that was cool. And so um, hopefully we get some more people to cosplay Ajala, and be out in the videos displaying their their uh, their talent in uh, in um, in cosplaying. Cool man, yeah, that's got to be an honor to see your, your character in cosplay. Oh, without a doubt, we've had some characters already do the. Uh, Jaya character from my Galto concept, and I'm always working with um Eric, Eric Morin, the Great Smoke, and he does he does a character. I created a character for him, which he's done. Uh, he's already worked out the costume and had it all set up and prepared. And he came to the show and showed it to me, and I'm like, wow, you know, just to see somebody you know that level coming out there and really get entertained by some of the characters I created and have him doing it and we've gotten so many other ones that 
want to do Keelan Jakes, but <laughs> the majority of the time is always guys that are like shorter than I am with no muscles talking about they're going to bust out with a Keelan Jakes character. And, and it's like Keelan's like six foot five and like almost 300 pounds. It's kind of hard for you to stand there and let you in a box, <laughs> you know, trying to be these characters. So it's always interesting to have fun and do it, but just to see people that want to but saying your creativity is really an honor. Have you thought about the type of, um, I guess, the type of gifts you're going to be giving um, for uh, your Kickstarter? Like, well, your your goals and stuff like that. Have you thought about that? And what can you give us a sneak peek of what that might be? Yeah, uh, we're going to give, um, of course, the, the basics like a PDF of the book. Uh, of the double of a double book, uh, five and six. We have even an offer with a PDF of, of all the books from books one one through six, uh, collected one in one edition. Uh, also the printed versions of them as well. Uh, even some offers where we offer um, uh, what we we often rob like um. Uh, um, well, one is definitely going to be the uh, Jala calendar for 2019. Mm-hmm. I put it together so it's going to be available for us a Kickstarter version. We're also working on postcards and and a pen, a designer pen with the CSC or the Jala logo on there. Also, so it's going to be different things that would be direct merchandising to the Jala. We really wanted to get some you know, the, the pens that look really cool with her lip mask on there. So we're trying to tinkering with it right now, but look forward to that also. Also, we're offering our original artwork from the book, um, limited limited offers of that, and our original or, uh, and, or either original artwork uh, of selected pages. And for a higher one, a higher rate, uh, original artwork of your choice, and uh, or a uh, commission of any character in the universe that you want. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be restricted, restricted to the Ajala book. Uh, it could be if you want a, if you want a, a commission of um, Black Panther or Shuri or Spider-Man, See. if you want. That, 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 that's one level. Uh, and, oh, yeah, and we'll, we'll, the last thing, we'll, well, not the last thing, but one more thing I'll say, we're offering... Um, uh, 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 some some of our time to either coach you uh, in writing or um, drawing. Oh wow! Wow, that's dope. That's dope. And that's that's not necessarily a reward that you hear on every campaign. That's that's pretty unique. Yeah, so we're gonna, we're gonna give some of our time to uh, to look at your portfolio or to look at your writing. Wow, that's, that's a good thing to open doors for like the younger creators to see, you know, give them something to look at where it's not this pat you on the head and say good job and keep moving forwards where you can get some kind of detail and maybe a perspective because there's so many people that come to the shows, you know, and their parents are there or whatever and they'll push them over to ask questions and, you know, as you bring it out of them, you can see their eyes you know, the anticipation, excitement that, you know, they do have some ability, but it's just the point having somebody doing something that you want to do and giving you the, you know, the right, you know, directions, which 
wasn't a lot going on back then when I was coming out with it. You know, you get that, yeah, send it in and mail it. And you knew that would go into the garbage container as soon as you left the room. But you want to get that, you know, some from people that are doing the work. And since there's so many shows out there, you know, where you can get this, but it's not as easy to go to like Philly and, you know, California and everything else. So it's nice to have that also opportunity online where maybe they can just come in and or we can talk to them on the phone. Wow, that's awesome. I look forward to it. Um, and, you know, obviously when it comes out, let us know. We will definitely uh, pump that as, as much as we can. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to definitely back it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I appreciate you. Without a doubt. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, Marcus, it is that time. So, um, so it, this point, it's a point of the show in which we talk about um, just uh, – I don't want to say pop culture, but just culture, our culture. Um, and uh, just a little sort of a little context, you know, we try to get together and, and, and we list these topics in, in our own Google Drive. And every so often, well, I'll read something that's been put there and I'll just start laughing. And what, what Marcus put on here was, and this is Marcus's words, I've been binging living single while drawing. Friends straight colonized that show and created a lesser product. Discuss. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's there to discuss? Well, no, no. I mean, I just, I just, well, I basically want to talk about how great living single. It's hilarious. Is. Yeah, yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's like you're not going to have Overton standing there helping you out with art designs. So. Or <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no, yeah, no. But what I was saying, what I was saying was that um that friends uh friends basically they took the model of living single and they made a lesser show right that, that was what I meant. Point. but um <laughs> yeah no but i'm just been yo that show man it was so ahead of its time and it's funny because um i feel like everything's all in alignment because a lot of things you guys were talking about about that era of um you know when you guys were making some of your early early comics um you know, Stephen had referenced, uh, you know, Brother Man, and, and we were talking about Milestone. And when I was watching Living Single, like, I had this very visceral kind of nostalgic feeling of that era. Because, like, while I was watching that show, I was also, you know, reading Brother Man and, 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 and some of these books and Milestone. So, I don't know, man. It was, it's, just, it's just been a, it was a cool blast from the past watching. It's yeah, just yeah. funny seeing him as Black Lightning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, Scooter. Scooter was yeah, to, I, to me, I keep going back. That's Scooter. Hello. Yeah. I, I, I like to pretend it's all in the same universe, that that was... <laughs> that Scooter became Black Lightning? That Scooter, yeah, yeah. Maybe he had to, you know, he, he had to change his name for some, some reason and uh, move to a different city. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. that'd be an interesting comic book. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Somebody, somebody should do it. Um, yeah, see, I didn't I watch a lot of um, Living Single. I watched some of it, but I was, I, I, at that time, I was watching maybe two sh- two or three shows a, a week. That was Cosby Show and Different World. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, then I was just either doing other things at the time, drawing or doing other things you know, during the week. I know a lot of times it was, I was in school uh but uh but yeah it was I had a, I had a, I had, at that time i had a two-show limit for a good couple of years 
Yeah. No, I, I, I get that definitely as, a, as yeah. an artist. Um, but yeah, you can, it's on Hulu now, so you can always, always watch it. Okay. But um, one of the things I loved about that show too, on rewatching it, I feel like in my mind, I thought that more time passed before uh, Overton and Sinclair got together, but they kind of, they got that out the way pretty quickly. Yeah, they um, That was kind of the formula for a lot of sitcoms is they would have these, these kind of characters with the whole will they, won't they, and they would, they oh, wouldn't yeah. get together till the end. But no, I mean, Overton and Sinclair, man, they they were meant to be together. Yeah, they were. When I was first getting my locks, people were confused me for Overton. No, I was getting, I was, there was twists, there were, tw- there were short twists at the time, okay. about an inch and a half long. And so people, I, I, quite a few times I got stopped either in a bus or in a, are you, are you that guy from Living Single? Oh, oh, I don't see that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was weird. It was weird. It was, uh-huh. it was the lobsters on top of my head, you know. And uh, but yeah, it was uh, it, it was I, I got that quite a bit. Huh. Okay. <laughs> maybe maybe you guys are, are, are long lost cousins. Maybe uh, maybe. <laughs> okay, so but yeah, I, I, yeah. What's up? What's up? Son? Have you had a chance to read Bitter Root? Yes. 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 I, Tell man, me about it. Huh? I yo, I read it and I I like reread it like immediately. Like I just um yeah, Bitterroot. I mean, I I'm assuming everyone who's listening to this knows about Bitterroot, but uh, it's it's uh once again it's it's, it's David Walker reuniting with uh Sanford Green, um and also um who's the other writer on that tour? It's um um David Walker. Yeah, there's David Walker. David Walker and uh, and Chuck Chuck Brown. Chuck Brown, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, definitely, and but they they've just uh, created. A, I mean, I, I don't want to give away too much, but I, I think that what they have um, when when they've spoken about the concept of the book, they have talked about the um, you know core element of it, where you know racism itself is is a um, an enemy or is is a, is a is a force in the book that that is being fought against. Um, and there's this, this family, this black family. Uh, and there's kind of a combination of of science and you know I think magic, but it's just it's just a, it's an incredible book, man. You just have to read it. I encourage everybody to read it. Pre-order it um, through your comic shop if you have one, because that's what helps really helps keep these books alive. Um, but I, I want to see this book going on for a long time. So everybody, read read Bitter Root if you haven't read it already. You read it, right, Tony? I have not. I'm sorry. Work, my nine to five has been killing me. No, that's so I, I have it. I just haven't read it. Yeah. So. Well, I know. I mean, Tony. Uh, definitely, anyone who hasn't checked out Tony's interview um, before the book dropped, uh, Tony got a chance to interview. Got an exclusive. Yep, you got an exclusive at uh, New York Comic Con. So definitely, definitely peep that because uh, you should be subscribed to us. And so, if you're not, go subscribe and listen to Tony's interview. Uh, interview of who? Um, Chuck, uh, well, David Walker and Sanford Green. Oh, cool. Yeah, they really get into the book and what it was like to work for Image Comics, um, and and the hard work that they've had to put in to make this book what it is. So, so you know what came out today? It came out at eight o'clock this morning, and I think it ruined everybody's day. Avengers. 
Yo, the reactions, uh, the gift reactions have been great. Nerd, Nerds of Prey put out a, a, a call for people to put their gift reactions in the. So I gotta look at them. I haven't seen. I haven't seen the react. I heard some of the reactions, but I haven't seen the reactions up yeah, close. Yeah, yeah, I have cool. a mixed reaction to it. Wait, what's what's yours? What's yours? Um, I enjoyed keep it, it real. Keep it, considering keep it. that the dark, you know, way that the last show, last movie ended. So I mm-hmm. didn't expect for them to have a thematic action-packed sequence, but just seeing it and seeing how you know somber it was. It makes you curious, but I know the second trailer will be oh, more yeah. crazy. They're not going to give you everything. I see people whining and complaining. Oh, it's boring. I know. Like, I know. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, and you know what? This this trailer made sense because that that's one thing that's been on my mind since uh since the end of Infinity War is like, yo, Tony is so far out into space. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I forgot. Wait, but here's the funny thing, uh-huh. and because I, I thought about this, is how cold blooded is Nebula to leave him on that planet? <laughs> because you know that she was on that planet with him. That's true. And she jetted. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Cold blooded. Yeah, I just got to see. I don't understand that. I only saw action packed trailer. It's like it didn't fit the um the movie the way the movie was going. It doesn't fit to have that going yet. Yeah. What were you saying, Stephen? I said I only saw the I only saw Infinity War once, so I got to see it again because I know a lot was a lot happened in it. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely one you got to see more than once. There, yeah. there is so much going, on. and it it actually holds up on rewatch really well. There's a lot of really little does. little things really you does. catch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is it? It's not on Netflix, is it? Uh, I, I don't I think, think it is. So. Or it might. I don't know. I know that um Black Panther is, but I don't. I don't yeah. think Infinity War ever dropped on Netflix yet. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, but it will be there. It definitely will be there. Yeah. Um, Captain Marvel trailer thoughts. Yeah, I was. That, okay, that was one more thing about the Infinity War. I mean, um, the Avengers yeah. Four trailer is that uh I I had no problem with it. If I did, it probably be it's revealing that. Uh, Hawkeye was there too. I thought I, mm. I, I could have waited for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just, I mean, to, to, to critique a trailer, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of asinine sometimes. Right, right. But uh, I, I liked it when I, when I watched it. I, and I'm looking forward to the next trailer and, you know, of course, the movie. Yeah. Well, you know, they're getting those effects done too. That, that's that's a big reason why they just kind of gave us a little bit. Cause mm-hmm. There's got to be a lot of special effects going on there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Speaking of special effects, they got Sam Jackson looking all of what? I don't know, <laughs> 35, 40, whatever. Yeah, that's like that's like uh, do the right thing, Samuel Jackson. Oh, if you were that Samuel Jackson, it'd be a different story. <laughs> wow. So thoughts on the trailer? I, I like I liked it. I, yeah. I, I can't I, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the space I mean, the space man, that uh that that was just once I saw that I was like okay it's, it's real. Yeah, I'm all I'm all about the cosmic stuff, man. And the scrolls and Kree. Yeah, oh, it's yeah awesome. that one, man. Because because they I to do Nova really oh, Nova Core. Yeah, I would love to see Nova. 
I mean, I'm, I think the door is wide open. Plus, um, everything I've heard about, you know, they haven't released too many details about the next phase of, of MCU, but they did say that they're really going to get more into the cosmic stuff. So I think it's only a natural, uh, natural progression. Yo, that would be really gangster too, with DC having messed up Green Lantern. You know, yeah. for them, <laughs> them to come through and just that, you know, drop marbles. Mention Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. But you know what's really bugging me out? What's up? That the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer is supposed to drop tomorrow. Oh, that Homecoming was it? Uh, this, Homecoming was last movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you far, far from, from home. home. Yeah, far from home. Yeah, I said Homecoming. My bad. The, yeah. the next Spider-Man movie, Far From Home, is supposed to be dropping tomorrow. I didn't even realize that. I'm, I'm oh, like, tomorrow. Yeah. That I read that somewhere on the internet, so it must be true, right? <laughs> um, internet never lies. It's fake news. Yeah, man. so now I'm imagine, just hoping, imagine if 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 they if um with the X with the X-Men franchise, if they if they have a, a would do something with the Shire Empire. Oh, oh, God. oh wow. Oh, See, that's what yeah, that, I feel like I feel like if you're gonna do a dark Phoenix story, you gotta get to. to yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm not even looking forward to seeing that. It, to me, it's like mm, that. That not even a bit. Did. Yeah, but I think I think the good news. Me either. But I think the good news is like basically that movie's been shot and Marvel's still putting it out. But like that's the last Fox, you know, X Men movie before Marvel. Um, reboots it basically or does their own thing with it. Does it right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm I'm looking forward to that though. Yeah, yeah. The Shiar and and like, like you said, um I forget who said it, but the squirrels seeing yeah. them uh, was really cool. Because we, we just haven't gotten that uh, yet, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you know uh you know another thing I think maybe I mean it's nice it's, it was cool to see her in the in the in the, in the trainer and duking out with the old woman. Mm-hmm. Maybe they could. Mm-hmm. Maybe, they, maybe they could have held back on that too. Yeah, well, you know, I wonder if they they got they, they got a lot of concerned people because you know how the first okay. <laughs> the first trailer there's no contact. beating up old ladies. Yeah, yeah, just leave just leave it like that until the movie comes out. Then you see what happens. I mean, They'd be like, oh, okay. Right. I mean, to, to, like, to us is obviously okay. Of course, the scroll, but you no, know, other people are like, yo, why is she an old woman? Yeah, oh like God. if you didn't have any context for these shape changing aliens, you yeah. would have been like, <laughs> you might have been triggered. Yeah, exactly. I could almost imagine like some crazy, like, oh, look at the the liberal media beating up on old ladies. <laughs> like, looking at what the other Captain Marvel, we yeah. have a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I we were talking about this the other day. I'm I'm actually excited because in in this Captain Marvel, you know, which takes place in the '90s, um, they established Monica's um, Monica Rambeau's mother, right? And you know, now uh, and so that was like 25 years ago. So it's very feasible for them to bring Monica Rambeau in sometime soon. Oh yeah, but not oh, yeah, put you in a little white lady on the bus. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, no. Monica, Monica would never get away with that. Even, even if it was an alien, if it was an alien, it'd still be like, oh gosh, oh gosh. They'd be like, yeah, but that alien looked like my grandma. Like, I can see the tweets now. Oh my god, <laughs> the twenty-four hour news cycle. Yep, yep. People in the streets. 
Oh God, I can see Tucker Carlson being like Monica Rambeau watching ladies. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, no, but um, actually, on the subject of Spider Man, I'm definitely. Yeah. I think we're like what a week out from uh, oh, I can't from Miles Morales. Yes. Oh, oh my is, God. is it next week or we got next? Next week. I think, uh, you know what? What is it? It's, it's the 14th. It's, yes, it's, yeah, it's the 14th. It's the 14th. Oh, wow. Trust oh, me, I know my my granddaughter and godson already like it. You ready? <laughs> yup. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting. You I'm know getting, what? Tickets. I feel like everybody on Twitter has seen it, but me. Like I keep seeing. Oh yeah. my God! I saw this. I got the the advanced yeah. screening, and I'm like. I low key hate every one of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, going to go after really... Chuck Collins on there because he had posted he got to see it, and I'm like, okay, Chuck, you didn't have to share that with anybody. <laughs> oh, oh man! <laughs> Damn it, Chuck! Yeah, everybody, <laughs> I, I didn't. This could be the hookups, man. We're we're all in solidarity here, though. I, I haven't seen it yet. So Good. we can have like a. a, a Release date support group. I know, I know, but we should. <laughs> Kumbaya, my brother. <laughs> so I don't know if anyone watches animation on Netflix or Hulu, but it's reported that Voltron, this this last, no, or this next season of Voltron, will it be its last? Yeah, I think that, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right, that comes, that comes out this month, right? Yep. Yep, and I can't wait. I've been I've been following Voltron uh, for a while. I've been always talking about it on the show, so uh, it's going to be very interesting to see where where this this whole thing leads. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I'm definitely. So I, I mean, it's Marcus interesting. I was watching last night instead of going to sleep. I had on mm-hmm. YouTube, and I was watching Battle of the Planets. That was my oh, joint. They have the whole, they have the whole season out there, right? The whole, yes, whole, yes. That's why I couldn't go to sleep. I'm I sitting there watching. The they have. Wait, wait, wait. So, well, the run they have on there is the one before the, the American version before the American version was re-edited. Yeah. So it got, got you, man. Yeah. It's, 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 it's still the American version, but it's different voices than the ones you want. It doesn't have oh, like wow. Casey Kaysen. It's mm. never got Casey Kaysen. Casey Kasem, wow. Yeah, wow. and you know how you talk to yourself like, okay, that's the last one. Yup, yup. <laughs> and it never fails two hours later. Yeah. It's, like a, it's like over 100 episodes there, right? Yes. yes. You said this is YouTube? You saw that? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to put this in. Right. He's writing it down right now. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, start watching. Oh, <laughs> I'm typing this joint in right now. Okay. I'm going to put it in watch oh, later. That was my joint. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my, you just took me back. I thought Stephen talking about Atari Fifty Two Hundred took me back. I thought him talking about X Men in Amazing Spider Spider Man is Amazing Friends took me back, but no, this took me back. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow! Yeah, you're going to be like me. I can see it now. Like okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, Attack on Titan season three is on Hulu. Uh, right now, it's just the um, the, the letterbox version. Uh, the, so they don't they haven't dubbed it yet. So if you want to check that out, that'll be fine. Um, Castlevania. If you haven't seen Castlevania, oh, I still gotta to. catch up with it, dude. Seriously, yeah, I'll be like, I'll ask episode three of that. I, um, 
people say it gets better after that. Oh, are you season? watching the first season or, or the second season? I was doing the first. Uh, like last year, I watched the first few episodes of the first season and didn't go past like episode three or four. Well, let's put it this way: I heard it picks up after that. You can skip, skip all that and just go right to season two. Yeah, <laughs> that's how crazy the show. This show is crazy. Um, so that that again, I recommend that. Um, also, I don't know if anybody's on Tumblr, but you know Tumblr's done. Like yeah, the, the whole the whole platform is done. Well, people leave I'm it, speaking right? facetiously, but yeah, they that's are right. Banning, that's what I, I did hear about that. Yeah, yeah, they're banning all adult content, um, which basically everybody's leaving. Yeah, everybody on there is for that. <laughs> <laughs> so Tumblr's done. Um, other than that, uh, what's everybody been uh, reading or watching or, or stuff like that? Oh, like I said, I went at a Battle of the Planets and awaiting Game of Thrones. That's the only thing I care about. Oh my, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I'm waiting. I'm watching um, the remake of um, Space Battleship Yamato, aka Star Blazers. Ooh, really? The second, the Common Empire. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, 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 it's coming out in, in chunks right now because it's in the process. The last episode to to drop was us. Uh, 18 and now I wait um, 17, I mean 19, I guess to whatever uh, is going to drop. But it was already in the theaters in Japan, mm-hmm. and now I'm waiting for it to come on the internet or the DVD to come out to get that next set. But um, it's called well on it's called either Space Battle Yamato 2199. This first season when they're going to the Gamelon or Iskandar. And the second season is of the Common Empire, which you're in the process of right now. And I'm watching. I'm watching. I've been watching that. Nice. nice. But I mean, other than the W, the W, the CW shows. No <laughs> <laughs> uh, Black Lightning. Okay. What? Uh, Black Lightning, Flash. Um, I got to catch up on both. Yeah, uh, I gotta read. I gotta. I gotta renew my. Uh, I was on someone else's Netflix subscription, but they dropped it because they were getting hacked. Oh, <laughs> I gotta. I gotta get my own subscription at some point soon. Okay. Yeah. And uh, but what I'm reading, I you know was is Bitterroot. Um. Uh, I just just read. Uh, oh, uh, our friend uh, Greg Anderson Elise's book just just came came to me a couple yeah. days ago. The gentleman. Yeah, so not 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 the one that he just kickstarted. No, no, the gentleman. It's when he the gentleman. Okay, all right. Earlier this year, I think that just yeah. that just, I got that in the mail as a surprise. I was like happy to see that. And that was a very interesting story, uh, issue one. Uh, but um, and I was um, as far as other comics um, was uh, the uh, I always mention the the, uh, the low or low that that's like you know on on hiatus right now. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Isola by Image, um, and there's others, but I get comments so irregularly, so I forget when I'm reading. Oh, I hear you. Like, I, I, I hear you. I, I, I have a big pile that I'm just trying to <laughs> get to. Yeah, that too. That too is just between getting caught up and going on a semi regular or not even regular basis, like once every three or four months. Uh, my whole thing for comics is try to pick up, like I picked up Bitterroot, I read that. The LaGuardia, I picked that up, I haven't read it yet. But I've read every single um, 
Snyder issue of the Justice League because I love his oh, writing. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. Snyder, Snyder is 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 he's he's dope. Yeah, yeah. When he was on Batman, I had every single issue of that he wrote. It was just wild candy listening and seeing the way that he developed his stories and everything. I wish more people would take that kind of a detail into their you know concepts. Yeah, you know, you know who else is um Tom King too on the DC tip. Oh yeah, he's becoming his, um, real good. Uh, Sheriff of Baghdad, and I read his uh the volume one of a uh, Vision. Oh Vision, yeah yeah, mm. that was when I when I really got into him was Vision. And I read some of his uh his uh, first four or five issues of um oh gosh uh Mr Miracle Mr Miracle no the one with the, in space just the aliens. <laughs> They came out. They used to be in the eighties. Oh, Omega Man. Omega Man. Yes, Omega Man. Omega Man. He wrote Omega Man. Really? Wow. Yeah. And I can't really compare it to the first one because I, 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 mean, I have them, but I forgot what they were. I, I totally forgot what the premise of Omega Man back in the day. They were, oh, they were in space. Yeah. I do remember that? I remember they used to run to Green Lantern every so often. Yeah. Okay. You know what? What else I've been reading? Um, because I I haven't had a ton of time because I've been on my deadlines too. But um, I did get a uh, Comicsology had an X Men sale a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Up, like, right. All of the mutants. Oh. oh yeah. Yeah. So I'll just like read an episode of that, an issue of that. Like after I uh I finished drawing and I'm getting ready to go to bed, I'll just read an issue. And yo, that takes me back, man. Because that that was when I really really got into X Men. Yeah, I haven't collected X-Men on a regular basis. No, I could not get into it. Oh, Fall of the Mutants. Yeah, I can get into it now. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I had recently read The Mutant Massacre. Um, Yeah. That's that's the the arc that got me into X-Men. Yeah, that was was a little bit before Fall of the Mutants. Yeah, there was. That was a little bit before that. Um, So what am I reading? Um... I mentioned in, in in the show that we we taped a couple of days ago that um, I'm trying to read all of Frank Miller's Daredevil, um, really because I, I mean the the last season of Daredevil really it was really so good and I was just yeah. like you know what I'm just gonna go back and I'm just yeah. gonna start really go through this this stuff and I like the way he writes Daredevil because I picked up Daredevil after his run. Um, mm-hmm. It was like just just before the Dave Dave Mazzucchelli run, mm-hmm. and into Dave Mazzucchelli's run, and then um, uh, John Romita Jr. and Anno, Anno Sensi's run on it after that. Right. So those are the two the the, the two eras of Daredevil that I was doing, and that was after 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 Anno Sensi and John Romita Jr. left the book, I I kind of fell off it. And I and after because after that it was it got good again with um with uh who was writing it Dave, uh, who was writing it after that? Mm. Um, I remember the Anna Senti era. I don't I don't know who did after. Her. I don't know. I fell off after the Busicelli run. After that, I was like, okay, <laughs> and Miller wasn't on there. <laughs> Just didn't have the oomph that, you know, when Miller took it over and he just came up with these stories and right, all that right. and everything. Kind of lost. Well, he came back. From, uh, 
uh, was it the um, when he when Kingpin discovers identity? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that's right. He was writing and Mazak Kelly was drawing at that time. Yeah, yeah that was uh, yeah. what was that? I, I keep getting that series that that runs name. Uh, Born Again. Born Again, right? I keep thinking right. Life Death. That was excellent. Which they they kind of I like how they kind of had elements. They didn't do Born like, Again this season, but they series. definitely had a lot of elements of it. Yeah. That was so well done, though. I yeah, yo, can, can we can it. we talk about that? Because we haven't really <laughs> looking at the sequences of bullseye. Yo, repercussions, man. Oh, yo, I, I, I would really appreciate the fact that they made bullseye's abilities as goofy as they are in the comics. Like, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of times they'll <laughs> they'll try to make things like really, you know, real world or or over explain it. But they're like, yeah. nah, he can just throw things with deadly precision. And yo, I've been crazy. I even think about being goofy because it was so deadly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I don't, yeah absolutely. Right. Goofy is the goofy is the wrong word, but I'm just saying I it's not like. That. I mean, it's, it's definitely it's just your perspective, but I'm saying this is so deadly. I say, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy scares yeah. me. No, you're right. right. I, I actually didn't mean goofy. I, I just mean more the sense that it's not. You know, they they always try um to make everything so grounded. And, yeah, I, uh, I hear you. You're not really <laughs> going to do that in real life, but I, I like the idea. Right. Yeah, it's but not a real day. Came in there and just yeah. said, you know, when Daredevil came in and said, "Okay, I got this," and then he realized, "Oh shit, <laughs> yo, <Yep>. don't got <laughs> this. Oh, I don't yeah. got this." Yeah. Come on, three, save Foggy. Yeah. Oh my god. Yo, but that that scene when he saved Foggy, because his yep. his hand, yeah. his his face slowly comes slowly slowly comes in the scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that I was like, I I kind of screamed because that was so. <laughs> just the way they framed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole composition of it just had me, had me like, shaken. Yeah. Man, I know, we should probably say spoilers. What's that, that Rob? Wait, wait, wait. When did, the, when did Daredevil season three come out? Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> I, I was just about to, to um, well, you know, there's just so much uh, dope stuff. Because, you know, Matt, uh, you know, he obviously he's, he's super skilled at fighting. But there's this element this season where he had to, like, fight, you know, Bullseye and Kingpin and also just deflect all the crazy shit that, that Bullseye was throwing at people like, yeah. while he was fighting. But, it was, was definitely was uh, the end stage of a video game. It was definitely that. Yeah, yeah. All the bosses. Like all and the bosses. not to bring up the dead, then look at the fight scenes of Daredevil and then have it to... Substitute that for Iron Fist. I know where you were going wow. with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. I just shake my head every time I look at that. Like, are you for real? Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Yo, I mean, and I mean, there's no better um testament to what you're saying than the the prison fight. Oh, oh yes. Yo, that was. Oh my god, man. I may have to watch. That I keep out on that prison fight sequence. I was like, oh, come on now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just brutal, man. And he and he didn't have his costume on. He just was he didn't even have the mask. Yeah. Well, the whole thing is when he gets out of the prison, he jumps to the car and the guy just drove it off of the throne thing. I was like, damn, Matt don't got no luck. <laughs> <laughs> and when they show the drive reference, this this is this is not gonna end well. I, I had to just drive it didn't. Right. Yeah, no, this was. I think it was my favorite um, Daredevil season. Oh, absolutely! And absolutely. then they hear that they're not going to do it. I'm like, oh, 
stop it. That yeah, that, that's all money though, man. That's all. Yeah, of course. Business, but... I'm still not sold that that we haven't seen the last of this version of Daredevil. I really do. I I, I would be very shocked. If... No, I think I think you're right. I, I think you're right because in each announcement, they've basically said that the characters will live on in other iterations. Um, you know, so presumably through the streaming service, I, I don't think it's necessarily going to be the same series continuing because because Netflix still has the rights to all those episodes that they produced. Oh, really? Mar- mm. Marvel still retains the rights to, to keep doing those characters. Yeah, right. but if they don't have the same creative team, will it be the same? No. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Like, yeah, like if you do Luke Cage, you got to keep Cheo, you know, in that whole team too. You know, because they can come out with Daredevil and it'll be like a rip off of Batman, the old Watusi version. <laughs> you know. Nah, I mean, Marvel's got too much money uh, invested <laughs> to do that. <laughs> hey, stranger things have been done. <laughs> I suppose. True. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think I think they know. I think they know that people are pretty um, invested in these versions of the characters. Yeah, I guess they're out to me to change it. I, I mean, I would think they would have to go along the lines of these characters. That's what sold them on. That's what sold them on the characters. Yeah, yeah. Everything I've read seems to point to that it would be those characters. It just might not might be they'd appear in other series or something like that. But yeah. I don't I don't think they're gonna switch it up. Well, we will hope now. Remember, they're talking to John Cena about Captain America. Stop Wait, it. That's not that's real, not though, right? <laughs> that's not even funny. <laughs> I like the shock value. That's not exactly right. I'm sitting here God. punching my chest. I'm like... <laughs> oh, my God. I... <laughs> I was thinking about the maybe the, the, the version of Captain America that was, like, evil. Oh, well, first off, he's going to emerge into the scene with his own music on. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, do y'all, speaking of which, do y'all remember some of the, the bad Captain America movies? Like the, yes. or the TV show where yeah. he had the motorcycle yeah. helmet? Yeah, and the plastic shield that you can see through. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It was the Frisbee. It was, it was the Frisbee. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the movie where they had to, like, they, they pasted fake ears. Yes. On, on the yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard about that, but I don't remember. I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, you can see it on Netflix. I'm not Netflix. You can see it on YouTube. It'll be on YouTube. You can see It'll the new want to. on YouTube. <laughs> I, I highly recommend it for a laugh. for a serious laugh. Uh, serious laugh. That was around the era of the uh, the Fantastic Four nineties. I movie. knew you were gonna say yeah. that. Fantastic. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Which is also on YouTube. Which I don't I think it was as bad as Fantastic Four, though. Oh, that was at least my favorite in the in in the uh, comic book. Uh, it was circles. Right. Oh, the 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 nineties version. Yeah, you always yeah. see any, any comic convention, whether it's in Philly or New York, you see someone yep. booth with the VCRs and the VHSs yep. and have oh. someone showing um, Fantastic Four along with other bootleg um, VCRs <laughs> like, yeah, or anything else. Yeah, that that that, that movie that movie is amazing. It, they, they, they just they abuse the piano. They kind of go into the soundtrack goes into this uh you know this this, this soft piano uh, riff like for no good reason at moments when it, it just doesn't call for it. 
Oh, you oh. did dive, huh? Didn't you? I, I never. <laughs> I, no, never I actually watched it. I did watch it. Yeah. No. At least Swamp Thing had Adrian Bardot. Okay, I can at least say you know. Swamp Thing. I was Swamp Thing. I mean, at the time I left, no, I didn't. That was a long time ago. Yeah, I don't think I saw it either. Actually, I've never seen it. I used to see the the advertisements in the back of the comic book, and I'm like, "This is a movie." <laughs> yeah, it was, oh, a, yeah. Movie. It was a movie. I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to search that one out and find that too. <laughs> yes, man. Hey, I didn't recommend it. I just mentioned it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's like a completionist streak, though. You know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be able to say I saw it. It's a man in a rubber suit. <laughs> oh yeah. But is it better than Flash Gordon? Have y'all seen Flash Gordon? Oh yeah, I saw yeah. Flash. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. my god. <laughs> it was okay. Was good. Flash Gordon much more ambitious than Swamp Thing. Yes. That's so. True. Swamping didn't have a hard road to climb as much as Flash Gordon. And I saw I saw some of the Flash Gordon. They, I think they post someone posted that on on Facebook yesterday. Yes, I'm they like, did. Wow, they did. Yeah, Flash Gordon did go for it. I, I will say that yeah. they didn't they didn't have today's special effects, but they they didn't hold they back. For it. They really did. Yeah. And they took themselves seriously. <laughs> Dead serious. They, they Don't watch the Queen song. The Queen song, okay? <laughs> that was the best part of the movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, I remember liking it, but I still have a vivid enough memory of it now to say, this is, oh, that was bad. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, the one and the uh, the the, uh, the the future James Bond was in there. Oh, which one? What's what his name? He was, one the, he was one of the tree people. Oh, tree people. <laughs> wait a minute! Wait, wait. Yeah. Oh, what was his name? Oh god! Which which Bond though? Which Bond was the it? Uh, one before Pierce Brosnan. Oh, before Timothy Dalton. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dalton. Okay. Oh my God. He was oh. the one because he was the one that was uh, feeling the um, Ming's daughter. It was jealous of Flash because Flash because Ming's daughter liked Flash. Right. I'm surprised I remember this much about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm listening. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. Now you're gonna make me go back just to take a look. You have to. Now. You have to. You, you, you'll get caught up. I already got a list of things to watch now. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely gonna start with Battle of the Planets. Go Flash, oh. go. Go Flash, go. <laughs> oh God. Did we spoil something? Well, no. We, I, uh, Kevin hadn't seen, uh, hadn't seen Daredevil. Oh. I mean, oh. We, we, we didn't, we didn't do any big. What did he say? Anything? <laughs> yeah, we, we kept it spoiler light, so. I mean, nobody died. Maybe. Yeah. You know they got a fight. They got a fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think the cat's out of the bag that there's fighting on Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a Daredevil musical. Exactly. <laughs> this is uh, this is like the hard courtroom drama uh, season. Oh my god! <laughs> like Law and Order, Hell's Kitchen. No, 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 it's the, the night court edition. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 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 
Don't put that song in the head after you up at the night. I got five to... trivia. <laughs> what you got? I got, you know what football team uh, uh, Flash Gordon played for in the movie? Oof. I actually no. don't know. No. I think the New York Jets. New York Jets? I think so. Oh, so well, they had really teams. paid attention they, they, to this. They, they didn't make up a team? <laughs> no, I think he said it. I think, if I remember correctly, I think he said it. I'm, now I'm going on memory now, so I could I could have misremembered it. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to ask Google. Hold on, hold on a second. New York Jets. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> wow. That's the world building. World, world building. He was, a, he, was a, he, he, played, he did play a football player. Yeah. I feel like I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! All right, so um, last thing. So the uh, the only the thing I have been watching has been Titans on the, the oh, DC yeah. universe. That's right. It comes on tonight too. Oh, it came on tonight. The new one came out already. Yeah, so it comes out. It comes out on Friday night. Yeah, see, I don't know. I just binge watch it. But the, all right, I gotta get this app, man. I gotta see this. I got to see the first episode. It wasn't as bad as people were making it seem. That's what I'm saying. It was not. It's not even nearly as bad as I thought. No. As the, the episodes go on, it kind of gets better and better. And yeah. violent. I was like, whoa. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I saw the clip online. They released like a, a trailer clip for Jason Todd. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. That 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 was dope. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jason Todd's. He's off the chain. He's off. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got to be. He's Jason Todd. Yeah. Easy. No, I'm gonna have to watch the rest of them. I was kind of like, okay, this is definitely worthwhile. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. Oh, and by by the way, Stephen, you are 100 percent correct. He did play for the New York Jets. <laughs> 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 I remember, oh, don't do that. That will be in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like there there's even like they even shot a uh, a shot of him in the uniform. Really? No. Card. Yeah. I remember too much about it. I remember too much about it. It's scary. <laughs> well, that's the highlight. Would you say jet. that you remember? Would you say you remember more about Flash Gordon than you did Infinity War? <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do wow. that. If you ever do Jeopardy, you better hope they have a Flash Gordon uh, category. Oh. <laughs> I'll go for flash for fifty. Yep. Go a daily double. I'll bet. I'll bet it all, Alex. <laughs> I lose it all. Um, I remember the actor's name too. Oh gosh. Oh wow. Oh yeah, that I don't even know. Sam, Sam Jones. Sam yep. Jones. I'm looking at it right now. It's Sam Jones. Yep. yep. You are. You are the. Are you sure you'll be watching on one flash time? Wooden. Huh? You are on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> this is this is an anomaly right here. So you got Flash Gordon under rules? I hope to never see a Flash Gordon reboot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know it's coming. Exactly. I mean, why not? They do Robin Hood like every other year. <sighs> that was a fail. <laughs> I watched that. I was like, eh, okay, Jamie's the only black dude running around. Got to teach the white guy how to shoot and fight. I'm like... Okay. Oh, 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 really? Okay. But wait, does he does he do it without being a mystical Negro, or is he? No, he's the regular Joe, just a, a great African dude that wants to, you know, fight the good fight, and you know, keep our heritage going as the one black man in the movie. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so what? So what? What's your? What's your? Uh, 
What do you think of the film as a whole? Having seen it. <laughs> uh, the action scenes were interesting, the way they did the bow and arrow scenes. But story-wise, eh, they left it open for another one, but I, I'm like, oh. they're not going to get it. No, they're not getting another one. <laughs> nah, <laughs> no, no, that no. movie lost all kinds of money. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forget what the numbers are, but it, it yeah, it, it didn't even come close to making its money back. Well, I mean, tell tell a new story, Hollywood. Why would they do that when you could just mime everything over and over and over? Because right. it's like you know, at a certain point, you've you've mined all the good stuff. Uh, there's no such thing as an original concept if you ask Hollywood. Yeah, there's a few, there's a few, but yeah, they they I don't know. I feel like that bubble's got to pop soon. Yeah, yeah. would be nice. <laughs> Although now that I think about it, since we are talking about good movies, you know, Black Panther, yeah. first comic book movie to get a Best Picture nomination? Yeah. Golden Globes? Yeah. Deservedly wow. so. Wow. Well, they had no choice, considering <laughs> what it did and, you know, <laughs> exactly. the, the film. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to ignore it. Yeah, well, well they, I mean, the Academy will. Movies but in yeah. the past. Oh, they will. But to a point, no matter what, it's always going to be bought up. Right. <laughs> you know? So I guess they're like, oh, well, give them a nomination and shut them up. <laughs> I would be shocked if they get like a major award. Now that would be the so icing shocked. on the cake. Yo, man. February 2018, man. That was that was, that was this time. year. That's man. how long this year has been. Ugh. All right, so I think it might be that time to wrap it up. All right, well, guys, thanks for having us on here, man. It was great. Yeah, oh, thank no, you very no much. Problem. Finally got the arm. Before in. you go, uh-huh. before you go, let us know where we can find you on social media. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm on, um, was it, Twitter at nstevenharris uh, and um, uh, Facebook at nstevenharris and same thing with Instagram. All right. I guess we're leaving, leaving Tumblr in droves, so don't worry about Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. And for me, it's um, on Instagram, it's Robert Garrett underscore Exmoor Studios. And on Twitter, Keelan Jakes. And on Facebook, you can always just type in Exmoor Studios and you'll find me there. Awesome. Marcus, and, and everyone everyone definitely oh I'm sorry, Tony, but I was gonna say everyone definitely follow them so you you know as soon as uh Jala Kickstarter drops. That's right. That's so, right. And there, there's a lot of uh you know, there's a lot of reward tiers that that have the uh if you haven't read it yet, that have the, the first issues as well. So you can get get caught up on the whole thing. Yes, you go, yes, oh yeah, we gotta give our stores out. There's um Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Xmore Studios dot Bigcartel.com. That's Xmore Studios with an S, plural. And uh, nsworks.bigcartel.com. So I have, uh, we both have a Jala and we have our own books as well on those stores. So uh, come check us out at those two sites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please, please support these these brothers, you know. A lot of, a lot of good quality. Absolutely. Call now, supplies limited. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
Okay. And you get a free Frank Gordon pen, okay, from Steve. Yeah. What's that? We, Steve's giving out a free Frank Gordon pen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow. I can, just, I can see the infomercial right now. <laughs> kind of having like a like like a smile and a slow turn towards the camera with the with the pen. You know? <laughs> Two guys saying, "Yo, can I hold that?" No, my brother. <laughs> you got to you you get your own. <laughs> oh man, it writes itself. Yo, let me it hold does, that. It does. Let me hold that pen, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You got to get your own. <sighs> Marcus? Oh, um, yeah, you can find me <clears throat> um, just basically uh, www.marcuskwame.com. That's got all my social media, artwork, and comic links. Uh, so, yeah, that's the spot. And uh, if people wanted to get up on that cash and carry, what do they do? Um, well, the Kickstarter campaign has ended successfully. Thank you to everybody who, um, who backed it. Um, so book two is coming soon. You know, I'm, I'm putting the final touches of the, the mustard and the relish on it, um, artwork, artwork wise. And, uh, it should come out early, early-ish, maybe, um, next year. So definitely look for it. What's that? That's congratulations. I didn't know, I think I knew you had a Kickstarter. I would have shared it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Sean, Sean Pryor was, uh, was, uh, promoting it a lot i was too but yeah it's uh yeah it worked out man cool. so, good. Good. Well, what i was gonna say though also though if um for anyone who has not read cash and carry which i'll just describe what it is real quick for anyone who doesn't know but it's a uh it's an all ages um middle school detective story you know features a diverse cast of characters and not not gimmicky diverse but actually just kind of inclusive you know and um you know, book one uh, came out as a graphic novel. Um, so you, right now, you can actually find that online if you just Google "cash and carry." Um, carry is C A R R I I E, like the name carry. Um, it's the name of the detectives, the duo. So just Google it, and um, yeah, like honestly, if you purchase book one, you know, you'll definitely want to purchase book two when it comes out. And uh, and also, we could just use your support because it's it's published. Um, through Action Lab, but the best way to ensure that more books are made in the future is to is to support um, book one and two when it comes out. And what's high school carry? Uh, C A R R I E. Uh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, so that that's it though. That's it for me. Just uh, yeah, support cash and carry, and also snow days. You know, it, right. it's happening. It's really happening. Um. Just keep your eyes on the Snow Days website, snowdayscomic.com. Um, and also, because we're, we're going to have something new for you soon. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye on that. Also, follow Snow Days on, um, on Twitter, uh, at Snow Days uh, Comic. So, and that's it. Nice. That, that's all my stuff. That's all you said? You sure? I think so. <laughs> I forgot to get my website. Can I do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, website is www.nstevenworks.com. Okay, To cool. see all the wonderful work that may be on there that I, that I might have done. And there's a lot, a lot of good stuff. All right, and Tony, Tony, where can people find you? And what, what have you been working on? 
I've been working on my nine to five. That's what I've been working on. Um, so people can find me, uh, anthonyotero.com. So that has uh, pretty much all my work or links to all my work. Um, Latin Negro with one N on Twitter and Instagram. I would say Tumblr, but no. Um, so check out Puerto Rico Strong. It's a, I wrote a small little story within uh, that anthology that came out uh, in the spring. All proceeds go to uh, Hurricane Maria Relief. Um, and I'm working on a few things here and there. I'll let you know. Cool. All right, people. All right. Well, yeah. Good well, night, everyone. This was great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And shout out to everyone in the audience. Shout out to, to, to Regine Sawyer, as always, um, doing her, her crocheting and listening at the same time. That's right. Yeah. And you know, it's getting cold. I may have to get a scarf from her. Seriously. Oh, you, got you got to. Definitely. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks again. Great show. And uh, we'll have to have you back on again. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, guys. All right, take Bye care. Right. Good night. All right, peace. <laughs>